Should I buy dividend stocks for income? If you read anything on the Financial Pornography Network, which God forbid, you may run across articles like the one I found on MarketWatch. It was talking about dividend stocks, and it was kind of one of those clickbaity headlines. It was like, you know, read this before you invest in any dividend stocks for income. And the article was pointing out that the dividend yield, right, what, what, what you get in dividends as a percentage of how much you paid to invest in it, uh, the dividend yield of the S&P 500 was 1.8%. And, and so it, it, was, it was knocking on dividend for income, buying dividend stocks or dividend funds for income. And we're saying that even, even like the, the S&P 500 value fund, which is the dividend heavy side of the S&P 500, was only 2.7. And it was quickly pointing out like, look, you can buy bonds, which are guaranteed and paid out first for a better yield, for better interest income than you can these dividend stocks. Even the, the, the supposedly better dividend funds, they're, they're only paying, you know, 2.7 or 1.8. And, and, and those aren't guaranteed, right? Dividends are never guaranteed. No company guarantees that they're going to make a profit or that they're going to pay dividends. And so they were pointing out like, Hey, be careful about running after this fad of dividend stocks when you can get much better returns by investing in bonds. And I think articles like this, right? They're problematic because they don't tell the whole story. And we, we talked about this a little bit back in episode seven on the seven pillars of victory. One of the pillars is knowledge, right? Knowing what to do and how it all fits together. That there's this kind of this problem of, of self-education where people will learn by Googling and they'll hear something like, you know, oh, you should, you know, dividend stocks can be a great income in retirement or, or bonds are the, the better income source in retirement or whatever else it is. And so they, they'll Google something, they'll find some articles like this market watch article or something else, and they'll get a few tidbits of information and, and then they'll get bored with it and go do something else. And, and you won't get the full story. And you might think that, Hey, dividend stocks are, are bad. They're not as good. Like, why, why would you? Why would you invest in something that's only paying 1.8%, especially if it's going to be volatile in the meantime? And, and that's, that's a problem, right? And so we don't want to invest based on random facts. We want to invest based on a plan. But I do want to unpack this question because I've gotten it several times before. Like, hey, should we be buying dividend stocks? Should we be heavy in dividend stocks now that we're going to retirement? Should we avoid them altogether? Like, wh- where do these fall into the overall financial planning process, investment planning process. So we want to cover a bunch of things today. If you don't know what I'm talking about, in the first place, we will cover like what are dividend stocks, right? What is the dividend yield? What is, you know, all these different things. And we're going to, don't worry, it's not going to be jargony. It's not going to be too detailed, but just to give you, just so you know, right? So knowledge is important. You have to know what to do before you can do it and, and understand it. So we're going to go cover some of those things. And then we're going to look at, well, how does that dividend income compare to bonds or inflation and how might that fit into your overall plan? So what, you know, if we're asking, you know, should I buy dividend stocks for income? First, we have to answer the question, what are dividend stocks? Well, you may know this already, or you may remember if you've listened to this before, that there's two ways to make money by owning the best businesses in the world, like by buying stocks, buying equities. And that is the dividends, which is when companies that you own, that you own a share of, that you own stock in, when they make a profit, they will pay out that profit. They can pay out that profit in the form of dividends and they pay that to the owners of the company. And if you're a partial owner, then you get some of that profit. That's called the dividend. They're usually paid quarterly if they're paid and they're not guaranteed, but a lot of companies have good histories of doing it. And certainly if you have enough companies all grouped together, 
some of them will almost always be paying dividends at some point, and so you'll you'll usually get one. Um, the other aspect of making money by investing in equities is appreciation, right? The growth and the value of your companies. And that's mostly what people think of when they invest in, when they talk about investing in stocks or investing in the stock market or in equity funds is they think of the appreciation part of it. Right? You, you buy in lower and then over time it grows. And we talk a lot about, you know, total returns and price return stuff here and, and, you know, what the S&P 500 has done over the last 10, 20, 30 years, those kind of things. And a lot of times that is talking about the appreciation. How much has it grown over that time? But there's really both of those elements, appreciation and dividends. And so a, a dividend stock is is a stock from a company or, or a dividend fund is a fund that is full of dividend companies where when they make a profit, they usually pay that out, right? And you might have also heard of this as like growth versus value companies. And so with a growth company, when they make money, they, they, they're trying to get bigger. That's the main goal. And so they'll reinvest all of those profits back into the business to, to make a new technology or to buy out a smaller company or whatever else so they can keep growing the company. And then those kind of companies, you're going to see more in appreciation. You can see the growth of that company of what it's worth over time. And, and that's their focus. Other companies are good with the size they are, or maybe not, maybe growth is not their primary objective and they will want to make money for their owners. They're, they think they want to be a good value. They want people to buy them because like, Hey, if I buy this, I'll get, I'll get good profits from it. There might be, there still be some growth, but, but really I'll get those profits back. And so those are often called value companies, growth and value companies. And if you own a growth or a value stock or a dividend stock or, or a value fund or a dividend fund, then you own funds of, of companies that are more on that focus, right? They're trying to pay out their profits, um, in back to you, right? So, and then when, when you, when you hear about the dividend yield, like what are these actually paying? These are the, the, the percent, those profits, like what, what is the profits they're paying? What is that as a percentage of what you paid for them, right? So, you know, if you, you could, uh, invest in the 500 company, right? The S&P 500 at the end of September, we'll just use quarterly numbers here. At the end of September is worth, uh, 3585. And so if you could buy that, which you can't buy a fund directly, but if you could, Right, you you would invest that in there, and then the dividend for the S and P five hundred for the last twelve months has been sixty five bucks. And so, if you divide sixty five bucks by the purchase price of five three thousand five hundred eighty five, then you would get one point eight percent. So that's what they're saying. If you were to get an S and P five hundred at the end of September, there on September thirtieth, and you bought in at that price, and then you got the same dividends, then your yield, what you would get from that investment as far as income goes, would be one point eight percent. And you might ask, well, how does this compare to interest, right? And, that, and so an interest, when you buy like a bond or a CD or a savings account, right, that is money they have to pay you back. You're lending them money and then they're paying you interest on that. And you can often, you know, it, it could be the same. So right? you could buy a CD with a 1.8% interest rate and it would be the same as the yield on the S&P 500. You could probably also get like a, a CD with a 3 to 5% rate right now, right? And, and so on that same, you know, if you had Thirty-five, eighty-five, three thousand five hundred eighty-five bucks. You could invest in the S and P five hundred and get sixty-five bucks, or you could put that in a you know a four percent CD and get one hundred and forty-three bucks. And so that's what this article is saying, right? That that the yield on this is so low that if you were to buy in, if you're trying to buy stocks for income, dividend stocks for income, like the actual income you receive from this is really low, and therefore you should go put it in bonds or CDs or these other things where you can get higher interest income, higher yield on that and and this is that you know it's just, it, 
it, frankly, it's just naive, right? Because that's not the whole story. And what you have to do, if you want to really look at all of it, is you need to appreciate the yield. And I don't just mean enjoy it, right? But to actually appreciate it as in grow it, right? Because again, there's, that's two parts of the total growth equation of owning the best businesses in the world is that you have the dividends, but you also have appreciation, the general growth and the value of the company. And if the company is growing, that means the yield is also growing, or at least the, the, the yield percentage, the percent might be the same, but because it's off of a growing amount, the actual cash dividend that they pay will be higher, right? The value of owning the best business in the world is the profit dividends that they pay and the rise in the value of those companies. And this is called the total return. When you look at both the rise in value and the profits they pay, that's total return. So let's compare, let's just again look at some numbers and and, and just see, hey, what does this mean over time? So let's look at the S&P 500 over the last 30 years. So 30 years ago, 1992, the price of the S&P 500 was 417 bucks. I'm just going to round these numbers. Uh, the earnings per share was $21. The dividend was $19. The dividend yield was 4.6%. Okay. Um, and you don't have to know, like, just, that's just going to be our, our set. That back way back then, 30 years ago, that's what all those numbers were. Right. So just some quick observations, right? The, the, again, the price of the S&P 500 was 417. We'll come back to that, right? Because I already mentioned what it was at the end of September, and it's even higher right now when this is coming out. But 30 years ago, it was 417, right? And the, and the yield was 4.6, which is much higher than the 1.8 it is now. But back then, you could also get a 30-year treasury for 7.7, right? So even then, even though the yield was way higher then, you could still get interest-bearing bonds and treasuries and all these things for more, so that was that was 30 years ago, and now let's compare it to now, right? So it was the price of the S and P 500 was 417 before, and now it's 3,585, right? That means that in the last 30 years, the value of the companies in the S and P 500 have gone up 8.6 times. They have octupled plus since 1992 in the last 30 years, right? Why have they done that, right? Well, they've done that because the earnings per share of the companies have gone up 9.2 times. They've gone from 21 up to 192. And so, and, and that's, I just want to note that, right? Because some people think that the stock market is just arbitrary. That's like gambling, that you put some money in, you hope that eventually you can take it out at a higher point and all that. And that's not how it works, right? The values of companies don't always flow exactly with the metrics and with the financials because there's a human element in there as well. But in general, they will revert back to following closely with the actual numbers that are there. So these companies are earning 9.2 times more than they were 30 years ago. And that's why their value is 8.6 times more than it was back then. So if you own something that continues to make money and make more money and make more money and make more money, what happens to you? You make more money and you make more money and you make more money. All right. Um, other things, right? The, the cash dividend then has tripled. So in the last 30 years, the amount of the dividend that these companies are paying out is 3.4 times higher than it was 30 years ago. The yield is lower, you know, again, 4.6 versus 1.8, but it's on a higher amount. So you're getting a smaller slice of pie, but on a much bigger pie. And so your overall slice, the actual total amount of pie you're getting is much higher. And so with that, you know, with the, with the cash dividend tripling, that means that, yes, 
the the amount of money that you could get as a yield right now may be lower than other things. But if that's going to continue to grow, how does that look compared to other things? So what what does this mean then when you compare it to like bond yield or bond interest, right? Well, Again, let's consider that we had $100,000 back in 1992. And maybe you, re- if, if you retired in 92 and you're, you know, you're 30 years in, you're at the end of your retirement or whatever, and you'd, you'd invested $100,000 back then, like, where would you be if you'd invested in the S&P 500 or if you'd put it in an 8% interest rate bond, right? So in 1992, your bond income then at an 8% interest rate would be $8,000. That would be your bond income, your bond yield. And your dividend yield would only be 4,600. So 8,000 with bonds, 4,600 with dividends. And so again, bonds beat dividends, right? Like that's, that's almost twice the income. You could get twice the income investing in bonds and CDs and these other things as you could investing in dividend stocks for income. Thus, bonds beat dividends, right? That's, that's what that market watch article was saying that I just read earlier this month. Um, but what about 30 years later? What about in 2022? Well, if you had bought a 30-year bond back in 1992 and you'd put $100,000 on it, it was paying 8%, you're, you're, you're still making that 8% on that original $100,000. And so your bond income in 2022 is still $8,000. Okay. But your dividend income, if you had put that money in the S&P 500 instead, would now be $15,000. And so that went up from 4600 to 15600 while your bond income stayed the same. So when you think about it, your bond income is going to be totally flat across all those 30 years. And your, your equity, your dividend income is going to start lower, but it's going to end up way higher. And when you think about it too, right, when, when that 30 years matures, the, the, that's just the one side, right? That's just the dividend side of the equation. But when that bond matures in 30 years, you're going to get your $100,000 back. Meanwhile, if you'd put that money in the S&P 500, the amount you would have, the value of those companies that are now paying you $15,000 a year in income would now be worth $860,000. Bonds don't defeat dividends. Bonds bomb, which is what we talked about back in episode 60. And if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and listen to that one. You can go to retirementship.com slash 60 and find links to the podcast and wherever podcast you're playing or you can read through it. But the... People will look at this very short-sighted, just one year. Hey, what are we? What could we get currently just this year in income? And they're not looking at the bigger picture. And over the bigger picture, dividends are dividend stocks, dividend funds, dividend as an investment strategy is much better than bonds. But what about inflation? Like, right? How does this stack up against inflation? Well, over those thirty years, from nineteen ninety-two to twenty twenty-two, the cost of everything that you need and want to buy. Double, a little more than double. It's up 2.1 times over where it was 30 years ago. But your cash dividend, again, more than tripled. So the cost of everything that you need to want to buy doubled, but your cash dividend, you know, it costs one like this and your income went much higher. It, it more than tripled over that same time. So while your coupon interest, your bond coupon interest, interest coupon would, would be the same, you'd still be getting that $8,000 a year. Would that still be worth the same 30 years later as it was at the beginning? No, it wouldn't. And, and that $100,000 30 years later when you get that back, is that still worth the same as it was 30 years ago? No, it's not. Because bond income is fixed, but dividend income compounds. Which means that dividend income helps keep up with inflation where bond income is going to be stagnant, fixed. And, and you have a fixed income in a 
growing costs world. The appreciating cash dividend of the best businesses in the world is the ultimate inflation killer, right? That, that, that these dividends will have historically and we believe will continue to in the future compound at a greater rate than inflation will grow. And so one thing that we just have to really reiterate is never to confuse current yield with total return. And, and not only would your you know cash dividends grow uh, outgrow inflation by sixty percent. Don't forget that the value of those companies also octupled. So your 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 income is better and your value is better. It's not merely that the that the dividends um that that we're getting these dividends back. There's appreciation there as well. The total return is dividends plus growth. And this is why we don't just buy dividend stocks with the highest expected yield, right? We don't just look around and say, oh, this one looks like it's going to give us the, bit, the best income, so let's buy that one. Because the dividends are only part of that equation. We found a client at one point that, that you know, that wanted dividend income, wanted income in retirement, and so their old advisor just stuck them in a, in a dividend fund or dividend stock, and, and it had really high dividends. It had like a way higher rate than you could get anywhere else, and it had consistently paid this really high dividend yield. Very high percentage. But the value of that stock had continued to go down. And so not only was this person's income not even keeping up with inflation, which he had been in for the last 10 years, but it was actually going down because even though the yield was high, the total return, the yield plus the, the, in this case, the loss of this company over 10 years, when everything else was going up, this is over the last 10 years, when everything else was going up, this thing was going down. And the advisor did nothing. They just ignored it. And, and this, this, you know, focusing on yield and focusing on, Hey, how much can we get this year? What can our yield be? What can, what percentage can we get if we invest our money right now? This emphasis on this is called reaching for yield, right? It's ignoring the total return equation. It's ignoring what you could get overall and just looking at one thing. And there's a great quote that says more money has been lost reaching for yield than has ever been lost at the point of a gun, right? That more people have lost thousands and, and, and perhaps millions of dollars trying to invest in, in high dividend yields and high uh, interest yields, all these things without looking at that total return equation. So we return again to the question, as always, should I buy dividend stocks for income? Really, should, should we do this? And I would say that invest as part of a plan for total return, not current income. Invest for total return, not current income. And your investing plan should include dividend stocks because as we saw, they're awesome, right? The dividend income has more than tripled over the last 30 years while the value has octupled over the last 30 years. Dividend stocks are great. And your investment plan should include some growth stocks as well as other varieties and other ways to slice it and have a good mix of all those ways because we're looking again at total return of all those things, not what is it paying today. We want to, we want to optimize for how do we make the most growth and income over your lifetime, not how do we get the most possible yield income just this year. And if you're doing anything less, it's short sighted and, and we're just missing out. So cash dividends of the best businesses of the world are a powerful compounding device that beat inflation and bonds. And it's only part of the story. Make sure you get the full story and invest for total return, not for dividend income. If you enjoyed that, you would love being part of our free membership community. It's called Retire Membership and it has a host of benefits all for free. 
For example, you can always buy my book, 3D Retirement Income on Amazon. But if you join us at Retire Membership, we will send you either a hard copy or paperback for free, provide the ebook and the audiobook so that you can listen to it if you don't have time to read it. In addition to that, we'll also provide you with a bunch of content that you can't get anywhere else. For example, we have our quarterly retire mentorship magazine, which comes out quarterly and has no ads whatsoever. It's just timely content to help you stay the course. We also have workbooks for our free online workshop to help you get the most out of those, flowcharts to help you make better decisions, and a weekly email to provide timely content that you can unsubscribe from at any time. We never ask for any payment information and we never share your information with anyone else. We just want to provide timely content and help you stay the course to retire successfully and stay successfully retired. There's no reason to wait. So join us now at retiremembership.com where you can click in the link in the description and it'll go right there. We can't wait to see you in the community. Cheers. This podcast is educational only and is not investment, tax, or legal advice.